the battle for hearts and minds. Well, I'm not quite sure it will ever go away. These are the hardest times. Some are victims of these so-called liberated days. And if you think there's more to life, social work, cats and rocket science, and change your friends. And if you really can't decide between social work, cats and rocket science, and we're your friends. Hello and welcome to our Social Work Cats and Rocket Science Christmas podcast. Yay! There's a massive, <laughs> there's a massive party going on here. So I'm I'm Rob Mitchell. I'm a principal social worker and an author from Social Work Cats and Rocket Science. I'm Fazila Hafiji, service manager for um, community team learning disabilities, but currently seconded to ADAS and trying to work out this microphone as we speak. <laughs> so I'm Elaine, I'm uh, uh, one of the authors from Social Work Cats and Rocket Science and um, uh, to my side I've, I've got a bit of a star, we've got a bit of a star in the room today Rob haven't we, bit of a star turn, yeah, Captain Capacity himself. I was uh, the second choice really wasn't I because Brian, can't, Brian Mitchell can't be here so um, I'm I'm from Bury in Lancashire so I'm the substitute Mank, um, my name's Ian Burgess, I'm the MCA lead. Bradford, have I said all that? Is that yeah, it? That'll do. You've said yeah, it. We have a few people missing today who would normally be part of the podcast. So um, as we play some of their, we might be actually playing some of their song requests a little bit later on. So um, we might name check them. Uh, otherwise, we just won't and we'll just avoid them when we see, <laughs> when we see them afterwards. We'll tell them that we lost it in the edit. Um, yeah. So just to start, just to say to start off with, so we did a podcast um, in the autumn and we were terrified, just like when we wrote the book, we were terrified about kind of how it would go. Um, and the feedback that we had from the podcast was just really, really lovely, um, which, you know, considering that it was the first time that we'd done it and we were just talking. Do you know how many people have listened yeah, to lots, it now? Go on Lots. 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 Well, That's about as scientific as it gets. It's close to 2,000. 2,000. Yeah. yeah. Bra Brian Mitchell, bless him, made the poor social work students of Bradford University listen to the podcast as part of their they studies. They didn't just have to write. They had to write a reflective blog based on the podcast. If we're going to talk about oppressive practice, I think <laughs> there, there it is. Um, so um, thank you for listening to our last podcast and we hope you enjoyed this one. This one is kind of Christmassy and we're going to be talking about um, some Christmas music and uh, we might even have a little bit of Christmas poetry um, showing just how cultured we, we really are um, and some kind of Christmassy social work stories and reflections um, interspersed with a few of our kind of favourite Christmas songs. So um, so we're just going to kind of go around and do a little bit um, in terms of uh, our Christmas memories and introduce our our Christmas songs. In fact, shall we start off with a song now? Oh, yeah, go on, what have we got um, on what, the list? What have you got? This first one, so a lot of people might not know this first okay. one, but it is a lovely song, actually, and this was requested by Hannah Morgan. So this is uh, That'll Be Christmas by Thea Gilmore. Jonah Louie on the radio French beer and 
you enjoyed that one so we're going to go to um elaine now um elaine do you want to tell us um something that isn't the little match girl <laughs> <laughs> you mean you'd like one where the person doesn't the angels don't go and take them at the end no. well we'll try um i probably want to go back a couple of years and just talk about um a, a referral that came in uh to our learning disability services and it's a a young woman in her 30s who we um had been supporting for a while about just living a bit more of an independent life. And she had a view, which is that um, she she called the staff the buggers and the buggers wouldn't leave her alone. They just followed her. And uh, and one particular notorious day, the buggers were hiding in the bushes, apparently. So we used to get these calls out from staff saying, well, she's absconded again and we followed her and all sorts. And uh, when we talked to her, it, it was really important to her that she just got a bit of time on her own, just a bit of space where people were stood round her asking her things. Um, so we got a, a call out um, Christmas Eve, which uh, is 
I wouldn't say we were thin on the ground, but um, there weren't many in, if we're honest, which is why I ended up knowing about it and finding out. Um, she'd, um, she'd apparently absconded and the staff were really anxious um, and they wanted us to come out to try and get the police involved, all sorts really. Um, but I, I got hold of the social worker who'd been working with her and she said, well, she was telling me all this stuff about, well, she won't have gone far. She never does. She's probably just gone just to get a bit of time on her own. And so we we did a bit of work to try and work out where she was. And uh, what what we found is um, that she what had been really important to her um, is when she was a child, her and her dad on Christmas Eve, they used to go out and they used to go looking for Santa. Aww. And her dad, yeah. How lovely is that on Christmas Eve? And her dad had passed, her dad had died, so she, she didn't, she wanted a bit of time on her own. Without the buggers. She, yeah, without the buggers. <laughs> just, to, just to kind of have a bit of kind of time thinking about her dad and kind of remembering stuff and, and just kind of enjoying that memory, which was really important to her. Uh, what she'd done <laughs> is um, she'd spotted a couple of months back, it turned out, that only about three doors down, the, the neighbour had got a flat roof garage and on this flat roof garage they'd got they'd left out these ladders so she'd sussed this plan out about on Christmas Eve going across to the neighbours climbing these ladders and just sitting on the roof of this garage looking at the stars and thinking about a dad right the thing is that year and I, that year was the year that the ISS passed on Christmas Eve. Do you remember? There was a year, a couple of years ago. Explain what ISS is. I International Space Station. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, yeah, no. I'm sorry, Ian. I hadn't clicked I, that Rob had... We're not all nerds. I did, the modu <laughs> sorry. I did modular science, GCSE. <laughs> I got a grade G. It's not rocket science, yeah. Rob. It's uh, the it International Space Station. Um, special work. Cats and rocket science. It is. <laughs> and this particular evening, the ISS passed at about half past four at night okay. on Christmas Eve and she was, when we got there, she was absolutely just enraptured because she'd seen, as the ISS had risen, yep. she'd seen it rising and it looked red like Santa's oh, coat, glinting. Because of the sun being yes. at that angle at that yeah. time of day, it would, yeah. Yeah, catching all the lights. There's yeah. really good physics behind it and it climbed across the sky and it moves really bright but f faster than anything else in the sky, doesn't it? If you've ever seen the ISS, I've watched the ISS in the summer past Jodrell Bank and it's just extraordinary when you see it and you watch it across the sky she, so she she said that's it I've seen Santa lovely yeah the only thing is I think I'm right I think she's right I think it was Santa okay oh. we're going back towards match girl kind of <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> okay so, I'm with you Elaine I thank think it was Santa, you. It was Santa. I think it yeah. was Santa okay Elaine so, um, so with that in mind I just want to do a, a, a little bit of a more jolly song Rob really. Okay. Um, I, I love Hannah's choice. I thought that was great. I'd like to just lift it a little bit. So what's your song, Elaine? So my song is um, St Etienne and Tim Burgess, who this year did one of Tim Burgess's Listen Together parties, which he's been doing on Twitter and have been a massive highlight to support Stay Up Late and Gig Buddies, who are our book supports and who we're big fans of. And it's um, I Was Born on Christmas Day, St Etienne featuring Tim Burgess. <laughs> Roll it in. Yeah. 
So that was St Etienne and I was born on Christmas Day. Thank you for that, um, Elaine. That was a, a lovely story. That's really got us in the Christmas mood. Thank you for that. Um, I was kind of looking earlier on about um, Christmas songs. I was listening to some Christmas songs so I could choose one today. And um, I, it just kind of struck me just just how bizarre... I mean, song lyrics are bizarre anyway, but some of the Christmas song lyrics... I've just got a couple of examples here that for years, kind of every time that I've heard them, have always kind of made me kind of... Um, wonder first one is um last christmas by wham that we as a team oh, we've been that we've yeah, sung yeah. quite a lot this this christmas because we've been doing doing a video, video for our, our friends at um, school mm. of rock and media here at bradford but you're not gonna diss last christmas no well there's a line in it that i've that has always perplexed me which is so you'll you'll know the line as soon as i start saying and i'll say it i won't sing, sing it, it which is tell me baby do you recognize me well it's been a year it doesn't surprise me well it surprises me george if you've forgotten in the space of 12 months what's so the story is, is that he were in love 12 months ago and he were, you know, it was a, a, a real sincere love story. 12 months down the line, he thinks that she won't recognise him. It was the 80s though. Well, it's, it's just, it's, it's always perplexed me that, I mean, I know that the, the line works and the song's a great song, but that, and then the other one that I was listening to that always kind of makes me smile is um, Merry Christmas Everyone by Slade. Um, and it, <laughs> there's a line in that which is, are you waiting for the family to arrive? Are you sure you've got the room to spare inside? Now, that has always made me laugh just because that reminds me of Christmases when I were young. Cause I think that's a really working class lyric. My mum were always worried about if we'd got room for people at Christmas. Is your house big enough? Have you got the, oh, have you got the room? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then I always kind of think yeah. that... that so that's kind of quite a, quite that's a working cultural thing. Though. It's that a working is, class thing, well, isn't it's it? A cultural have you, thing, have you got the room? Have no, you got the room to spend? Have you got in the an chairs? Asian family, you've always got room. Well, my, yeah. well I, I, a, Irish Catholic a... family, my family, we'd always got room. But were you? Our family, my nan would have a pound of mince and a bag of potatoes, and about twenty people would turn up. There'd be my mum, my auntie Kathy, my uncle Jimmy, my auntie, my uncle John, my we'll auntie Michelle. Anyway, yeah, you get the message. <laughs> Everybody would tip up, and then everybody's got kids, and then they all tip up, and you just make pies, don't you? But it, yeah. it, it is a for me. It's just it's a really kind of um, it just took me back. It's kind of proper working class. Have you got the room to spare? And the other thing that I don't understand about I do understand about that line. I don't understand about that line. Is why would Noddy put that kind Noddy Holder put that kind of doubt in your mind? It's like, have you got the room? It's it's a weird kind of question to ask in the middle of a song when you're singing about Christmas. It's like, are you sure you've got the room to to you spare? Just listen to the song and enjoy it. <laughs> Shall we play it? We weren't going to play. Um, we weren't going to play Merry Christmas, uh, everybody. Or we could play Last Christmas by Wham and wonder about what's happened with George's memory. I think memory. you need to make amends for that, really. What, for, for Wham? Yeah. Do you think we should play it? And... We'll be getting uh, a lot of criticism for that, actually. I think, was George Michael about 17 when he wrote that? The only problem with you playing Wham is that Day, Brian so. Mitchell will object because Brian Mitchell is trying very hard. He's playing the, the Wham game, the last Christmas game. You know the one where you, you've got to not hear it? Ah, uh, right. Oh, uh, we can't do that one. Right, well. Right, give us another one. What's my alternative? Well, I've got... Uh, well, the, 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 the other alternative is, is Merry Christmas, Everyone by Slade. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so this is Merry Christmas, Everyone by Slade.
Okay, welcome back. Um, hope we had the room to fit inside there. Thought, hope you all heard the line and kind of thought about your own kind of Christmas <laughs> arrangements this year for the family that you're going to, or the family that you're not going to have around this Christmas, the family that you're going to see via Zoom, maybe, yeah. unless you take advantage of the, is it five days of Christmas five we've been given? Yeah, yeah, but only if you only if you've managed to significantly self-isolate. So there's a lot of family this year that we're not going to see. Um, I've got more Christmas lyrics to um, think about, but I'll come back to them because right. I want to go to Ian. Um, so Ian can tell us about his um, Christmas story. I mean, you've a lot to live up to on this podcast, Ian. Yeah, I was I was going to talk about my father because my because uh, oh. my dad was um, it was uh, he died at Christmas, which is uh, yeah, it's quite sad. He was he was born at Christmas as well. And um, and he was married at Christmas, not all the same year. I mean, uh, um, that would be unlawful. Um, but Christmas is. Uh, How did you make me laugh when you started with that line? I just. Uh, so Ian, I'd had to. Oh, Ian, I have missed you this year with Pablo. This lockdown. is weird, actually. I've got to say this because this is the first time back in March when lockdown started, mm. um, and we had to isolate for twelve weeks, didn't we? Yeah. And Elaine said to me. I'll see you in June then. And we thought it was a joke. We thought, we're not really, it's not really going to be June. It's the first time I've seen you since since March. It's been nine months. Yeah. It's really, really weird. What a strange year. So I'm glad it's all over. So the, you've not seen Elaine for nine months. Not seen the Elaine first for nine months. time you saw her, the first five minutes, she was talking match girl. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I'm still thinking about my dad because what? if my dad, my dad, um, if he was alive today, he'd be 100 years old next week. Oh, yeah. yeah, you see, you, yeah. you were laughing. But yeah. My granddad would be 100 years old last month as well. Oh, at the oh. same age. Well, oh. My granddad's still yeah. here, live and kicking. Oh, but you're, you are the baby in the room, aren't you? You're our, you're our young friend. But I'm the eldest grandchild. He's a great granddad. How old is he? Wow, congratulations. How old is he? 91. Yeah. Wow, oh, cool. That's amazing. Still okay. petrified of him. Are you? Um, where are we up to, Robert? Um, you're telling us something Christmassy. Oh, it's uh, not Christmassy. All our stories are on what happened on Christmas Eve, but it is true. Mm. Um, Elaine's story was on Christmas Eve. This was as well. We um, The office was empty, as it would be, and we got a, a call through from a care home, and it was a safeguarding concern that was being raised, and it was really, really bad timing. This this guy had, had alleged, he'd said, um, it said that his brother had hit him I slapped him, that was the word he used. And at that moment, his brother was actually about to come and pick him up and take him to spend Christmas with the family. So the care home manager was saying to us, we've put a safeguarding concern in, we need to tell the, the brother not to come because we need to invest, you need to investigate this safeguarding. And we're like, for heaven's sake. So what we did was, um, we always said this to social workers, which is, with something like this, it's best to get in your car and go and see the person yeah. and go and talk to them. So... The social worker wasn't around the allocated worker for the person. So myself and uh, the safeguarding manager, Rob, we drove out and went to see this this person. And we and, he, and we said, you've told the staff that your brother slaps you. Yeah, he said. said and, and the staff had said he used his hand. Yeah, he said. So I said, just just show us what... Because we were really anxious, thinking, heaven's sake, we're going to have to... You know, we, we, we've got to do something here. We said, show us how it, how, how it happened. And he held his, and he was grinning, and he put his hand up in the air, and we, th we realised it was a high five. His brother had given him a high five the last time I'd seen him. But everybody took this as like, my, my brother slapped me. But he wasn't, he was laughing. He, that's just how he described it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we were able to, wow. and the strange thing is his brother, um, and I've changed the details a little bit to, yeah. to anonymise it, obviously, but the family never heard about it, Yeah. thankfully. It wasn't mentioned to the family. The, the, the brother turned up, took his brother home, they had... But that was the end of it, as far as I was concerned. But it became so near 
because right on the eve of right, literally Christmas Eve, mm. uh, just as the brother was about to arrive, they were they were ready to stop this from happening. Could have gone horribly um, wrong though. It could it? have been, yeah, and and you could just imagine the whole Christmas being spoiled for every, for yeah. that person, for the family, over a misunderstanding. Um, always, we always we used to say this, didn't we? To, we don't want to give social work advice, but um, when we're on duty, it's always best to get in your car, go and see the person, see yeah. what they've got to say, yeah. rather than listen to stuff and, and make decisions without that. Uh, so that's my cheery Christmas story, Rob. It is a cheery. Have, have you got a cheery Were there Christmas? Any quality oh. streets. That's my main question. And um, with because the thing right about care homes at Christmas, quality streets, and coming from Halifax, I'm no good laughing at me. You know I'm right because you and I, you will remember you and I, I going remember. to a care, yeah, going to a, a um, that care home we went to that always, Christmas. You just always so, oh, okay. You just always so always, random. There was like a massive tin of quality streets. It's like the thing that sticks in my Elaine, head. When you were talking about Saint Etienne, who was that guy you said you did it with? He did. Who was with him? Tim Burgess. Tim? Burgess. Burgess. Hearing my surname said with a Hull accent. Oh, it's <laughs> nasty, isn't it? Yeah. Burgess. Burgess. <laughs> What's wrong with my accent Nothing, anyway? Let's funny. not open that door. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I've always liked Greg Lake. I believe in Father Christmas. That's a really, really lovely okay. choice. Get the 
Greg I believe in Father Christmas. Um, and we're just commenting while we're listening to the song there about the last line, the Christmas we get we deserve. Um, it's quite a quite a strong kind of last line, that, isn't it, of all? Well, I, I think it's quite a strong, strong it's last strong. line. It's um, strong. It's a strong. What is the message there, Rob? It's about, about the Christmas. Oh. It's about karma. Yeah. Is it about karma? I, I thought it was about karma. Yeah, no, exactly I'm not saying, yeah. no, I just meant why. Why? What you get, what you deserve. You get what you deserve. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we deserve a good Christmas this year? I'm, surely after I, the year we've, we've collectively do. had, <laughs> you you deserve a good Christmas, um, Fazila. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so any Christmas memories from you then, Fazila? Yeah, um, but I wanted to talk about, um, not from a social work perspective, if that's all right with you, host, mm-hmm. um, but from a provider perspective, and I know I'm not plugging my business, Um <laughs> I know that's what you were thinking. Um, but uh, I was talking to someone the other day and I always think that providers get a really raw deal over Christmas because where most people can kind of um, take stock, take a couple of weeks off, a couple of days off with the family providers, they're still there mm-hmm. supporting people that need care. Yeah, that's support. right. So uh, for, for, for people that know, um, about 2014, my husband came up with a good idea to set up a dom care agency. It's the worst idea in the world. Yeah. Relentless, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I said to him, if I thought it was a good idea, do you not think I would have done it, having been in social care <laughs> for so many years? Anyway, he did it, so to set a bit of context. Um, and in 2016, um, things went horribly wrong. We had a registered manager that wasn't registered. Um, and um, CQC came in, did an inspection, um, and were really concerned. Um, about poor standards of care. Anyway, CQC got in touch and said, um, you know, you need to sort this out. So having told my husband I wanted nothing to do with this care agency and he was on his own, I really thought I can't have my husband associated with an agency that's got poor standards of care and I've been about for the last sort of 10 years talking about improving standards of care. So I went and stuck my oar in like I do and kind of got involved um, and that was pretty much near Christmas. And I had never delivered frontline care, even though I was a qualified social worker. Um, so I tipped up saying, right, we need to sort this out. My dad came in as um, interim registered manager and he's from a nursing background. And he said to me, if you're going to go out and uh, talk about standards of care and improve it, I'm going to take you out and you're going to deliver care. And at that point, I thought, <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh my and he God. took me. Anyway, there's a big cultural thing around kind of um, privacy and, and, and all of that. Um, but obviously, my dad being in nursing, that's kind of second nature to him. We went to see um, an elderly lady that we had to um, kind of um, give a strip wash to um, on the bed. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, oh, Margaret, I'm just going to lift your breast and wipe under. And I'm just thinking, 
how on earth am I here with my dad, with mm. a woman? This is so culturally inappropriate, but yet in terms of care, there's the expectation that we we'll do it. Anyway, I, I did a couple of days care, and it, I got to Christmas, and it's Christmas, um, and we'd done the rotors. Um, and this um, service users that had been known to the company for a while um, never got care on Christmas Day because they're always short-staffed. Um, and if you don't really need care and support, mm. then it's it's kind of like, oh, do you really need it? Um, so I started talking to some of the staff about her in particular. And sh- the only support, the only contact that she had with the community was the agency. We were literally yeah, yeah. everything for her. Um, she only ever saw the staff. Um and she'd had a stroke, and prior to having a stroke, um, she had a dog, but could no longer have a dog. Mm. Um, so I spoke to the staff and said, why aren't we providing care and support to her if, if that's... She said, oh, well, because she can manage on Christmas Day. Anyway, I ended up on care, because as staff do, ringing at tw- midnight, saying, I can't come to provide care on the next day. Anyway, so what we managed to do is she'd been signed up to a borrow my doggy scheme. Oh, wow. Um, oh, and um, the people that would normally um, offer the dog to her had uh, said that they'd give it on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. wow. So we went on Christmas Day, oh, but we also dressed the dog up in a okay. Santa outfit. <laughs> uh, she, honestly, um, she was in tears. She, wow. That was kind of one of my best experiences of Christmas. Um, pr- apart from having to go out and care, it was actually really, really worth it. So yeah, that's my story. Oh, oh that's, that's lovely. lovely. Really so beautiful. now I was going to ask you for your Christmas song, um, yes. but <clears throat> actually, I think is it a Christmas poem you want to tell us? Yeah, because I'm absolutely rubbish at choosing songs because I'm indecisive. This morning, I was telling one of my colleagues that we were going to do a podcast, and she'd shared a poem, um, and I asked if I could read it, and um, she asked the author of the poem and we've got permission so okay um okay so it goes like this i'm dreaming of a covid free christmas not like the one we have this year where we have to feel like a substantial meal just so we can get ourselves a beer i'm dreaming of a covid free christmas in every zoom call i appear to chris witty we listen our christmas eyes glisten everyone wants to shed tears but mainly, I'm dreaming of a COVID-free Christmas for every single soul bereaved. May Emmanuel comfort those that grieve. May our future Christmas be COVID-free. And that's by somebody called Liz. Round of applause. Thanks for that. Really nice. Yeah, really beautiful. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, oh. Vazila. We will go to a music break now. Um, we're going to play, hopefully if we've got, so hopefully in can the I edit. Can I choose? Can, yeah, go on then. Um, can we have Mark Harvey's? Song. Yes, that's the one that I, that I was going to choose as well. So that's um, Electric Umbrella, um, which if you get chance to have a look at the uh, video on YouTube for Ele- Electric Umbrella, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, the best Christmas in lockdown. So here we go. I don't want to spend Christmas in lockdown. I want to break free from these paper Bone, chains. Because the white rack is empty. empty.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that one. Um, so, so, Rob, I was just going to ask you, what about you, just to oh, kind of um, well, so hopefully this weekend. So, I don't know when this podcast will be going out. So, it might have already gone out. But um, I've written a bit of a blog um, about Christmas um, about somebody that um, I worked with a while ago. Um, just, just very, very uh, briefly, especially for the people that have read the the blog, because you'd be bored sick by this sto- uh, hearing this story again. But um, it, it. My, my story was uh, about a guy who's um, more, he lived with his mum, just him and his mum, and uh, his mum had um, gone missing one night um, in, in about October time. Um, he'd kind of put his mum to bed because he was his carer for his mum. His mum had got a bit of dementia. He put his mum to bed and um, 
he went to watch uh, in, in the front room and he probably must have dozed off and before he knew it his mum was kind of out of the door he'd not realised until he went to check on her about 10 o'clock at night and, and his mum his mum had gone so um, anyway he, he kind of knew where his mum was, was going to be um, and and that's where that's where he found his mum he found his mum that were looking for his dad and his dad had died died quite a long time ago so she'd obviously got confused but one thing led to another while she was out and she ended up being admitted to hospital and when she was admitted to hospital because of this story about the fact that she was out and about in a night clause in the middle of the in the middle of the night um the the hospital kind of put quite a lot of pressure on him to, to for him to agree for his mum to be admitted to a care home because they thought that he couldn't really manage her needs um and that's what happened she was admitted to a she was admitted to a care home and he felt um in conversations that I had with him afterwards he felt completely bewildered by it uh, and he'd been he felt that he'd been railroaded into making this decision that he couldn't look after his mum anymore and she needed to go into a care home um but a really lovely thing happened and it, this isn't a social work story really and it's not that you know social work save the day or anything like that um when she was in the care home um there was a, a carer there who was actually uh, i think she was i think she might have been she was either a social work student or a nurse student um when she wasn't working in the care home and she got a really good um relationship going with this guy's mum uh, and one day when he went to visit her she just this this carer just asked if she could have a word with him and he said, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's fine. And she gave him the number and she said, you, your mum shouldn't be in here, really. And she just gave him a telephone number and said, phone these people, they might be able to help you. And she had to do it in a way that nobody in the care home could see what she was doing. Um, and that's what happened. He phoned the number and it was actually an advocacy agency number that... Um, that, that she'd given that she'd given him and he got home and he phoned this number and to cut a really long story short and it, it is in the blog hopefully it doesn't kind of drag on in the blog um he, he managed to to kind of work with the advocacy agency and the social worker to get his mum home uh and it, so it's a really simple kind of story um but i just love the fact that you know sometimes i think i think um you know when people are admitted to care homes sometimes when we write about care homes it can be a little bit kind of negative just amazing people that work in social care amazing that that nurse the, the nurse actually is a really lovely part to it. it's, a, it's a little bit kind of corny but but i really liked it the nurse was called grace um and i say she was uh, she was an african student an overseas student and um he sent her a christmas card from him and his mum at christmas and all he all he put in the christmas card was um amazing grace because she was she was absolutely amazing for what she'd done what she'd done for him and his mum so that was kind of my christmas so she was home she was home in time for christmas and it was lovely so um, I, I mean, I, I think that 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 that's sorry in something that Fazila said earlier about kind of providers and about how this year for me kind of it, it hasn't been about social work. It hasn't been about social workers. The stories of COVID have been um, about. Um, the resilience and support from families and social care providers and you know our care assistants in March that were caring for people that have got um, that had got the, the symptoms of, of COVID minimum wage on zero hour contracts were the you know the least kind of valued people in society in terms moving of their the care in, in moving into the care rooms in terms of their paying conditions these yeah. are the people that were seen as really bottom of the pile yeah, and absolutely. my goodness me you know, more so than any other, you know, when we were out there clapping on a Thursday night, yeah. it's, you know, those those were the people really, weren't they, that have kind of got, got us through. As social workers, I think we have been, able, I think we have stepped up as a profession this year and I think we've been able to facilitate um, things like ensuring that people's human rights are upheld 
even in the most difficult of circumstances where people were having to make really difficult decisions. We, I think we've worked tirelessly, we've worked around the clock. Colleagues at EDT and our AMP colleagues that have been uh, in the increase in mental health uh, act assessments, but the providers as well. So, you know, we're here today in in a, uh, with, a with a local provider. Um, my goodness me, they really have stepped up. They've gone the extra mile. They've kept their services open. They've they've been the kind of beacon of beacon of light. So, yeah, um, I'm pleased to say that I don't think social work has been, you know, the, the headline of 2020. I think the headline of 2020 in terms of social care, from my perspective, has been everybody else. It's yeah. been families, it's been the people that, that we support, social workers, it's been, been providers. So kind of final reflections on any of that stuff and uh, um, Fazila? I think from me, um, on the last podcast that I said that um, anybody who's training to be a social worker should have experience of an advocacy agency. Yeah. I also think anybody who's training to be a social worker should have had some experience of being a frontline care worker. Yes. Um, and on that note, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Fazila. Um, Elaine, final words. Match girl, surely. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of match girl, just to finish off. And um, yeah, just a, a recognition and a shout out to all the social work students this year. And um, it's been um, the most disruptive ex educational experience and you've held your nerve and you've kept your commission and uh, kept your commitment and passion and we are really proud to have you join our profession so Merry Christmas wow, lovely. Yeah, totally. uh, Ian Merry Christmas everybody stay safe have a better 2021 uh, brilliant okay now we don't know what driving over Christmas is going to be like for social workers this year if you're working Lawful. if you're working from from home my drive over from Christmas will be walking downstairs um, other people will be kind of walking from the lounge to the dining room or the dining room to the lounge or whatever. Um, driving to Barnard Castle for Christmas. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to finish by playing um, um, Chris Rea driving off for Christmas, but we just kind of wanted to end by just saying um, thank you for all your support for the book over the years. Uh, you're still buying um, the book, Social Work Students and Newly Qualified Social Workers and Experienced Social Workers are buying the book. All of the profits go to the fabulous... Uh, fabulous stay up late guys so um, thank you very much and we will see you all in the new year Merry Christmas, Christmas. everybody Merry Christmas Yay. Happy Christmas
Oh, I got red lights all around 